2: Uh, to listen to podcasts you found oh, the oh, gravity oh. podcast Merry They're, Christmas Merry Christmas tide everybody <laughs> I'm glad we can finally say that again um in our country <laughs> two weeks uh, in a
0: row we're making bad Christmas two we can't weeks of Christmas jokes
2: uh this is the second day you're listening to this on uh well it comes out on the 26th of December which would be the second day of Christmas also uh sometimes called Boxing Day yes that's right yeah. if you're in, in, in England yes for those um, who
1: like spots of tea and crumpets <laughs> That's great. I
2: think you should okay. totally, from now on, Christy has to speak in that accent. <laughs> um, so I, I think I'd heard of Boxing Day, but didn't know what it was. So I, I did a quick uh, Wikipedia search with my fingertips and found that it was uh, originally a holiday to give gifts to poor people. Hmm. Uh, so basically, uh, you would pack up boxes full of food and stuff and you would you know hand it to poor people. But uh, now it's just a day that retailers have sales.
0: Yeah, it feels like that's a lot of that's the history of a lot of holidays. <laughs>
1: or If you're a parent, you, then Labor you day. say, "Look like, at all the stuff you got yesterday <clears throat> for Christmas." You tell your kids go through your stuff, stuff and yeah, yeah, box up your old toys you don't play with.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It, that's true. <clears throat> it's kind of the Christmas Black Friday, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is. Yeah, especially in England, and there's there's tons of soccer games on Boxing Day. It's one of my favorite days of the year because, you know, usually I am not working and there's soccer on like pretty much all day. And so I just, I'll walk to like three or so soccer games on Boxing Day. So I'm looking forward to that.
2: Wow. All right. Well, whatever you're celebrating and however you're celebrating, we're glad that you're here with us. Uh, This is also, uh, we're going to, in this podcast, we're going to talk about sort of a year in review. We're going to share a little bit of what's been going on in our lives. Uh, and maybe just have some reflections on that. But first, mm-hmm. uh, as is our custom now, we are uh, opening gifts from each other. Yes, live. This is happening live. Now we're recording this before Christmas at, a, at an indeterminate date, um, but we are doing this uh, in your ears after Christmas. So um, I wonder if we should go back and forth, Christy. Like you open, I think so yeah. you open one gift and then so. we open a gift. Okay. Um, now, listener. Uh, because this has been a very busy season full of hustle <laughs> and bustle uh Chrissy sent me a care package with gifts for Ben and I but one of the things about Ben's yearly updates for alert is that he moved from my town yes to a land far far away and yep. I
1: actually don't have your new address which is why yeah, I was, just I was like oh, I'm just going to yeah. send it all the Matt.
2: He's not that yeah. far actually he's Good only about call. 30 minutes away but I had it in my car to give to Ben, and one thing led to another, and I wasn't able to remember/slash give it to him, and so I will be opening our gifts on behalf of us, Ben. And at some point, showing yeah, them, and I'll show you and substitute. At some point, if you're if you're a good little boy, I will make sure uh-huh. you get your gifts.
0: <laughs> all right, all right, all <laughs> right. Uh, he might I'll not you know want if...
1: some of them. Who knows?
2: Yeah. Right. Okay, go for it. I'm, I'm gonna go yes, first. I'm gonna go first, and yeah. I'm pulling okay. out. Oh, cups. <laughs> Oh, this is awesome! Christy got me uh, Elf, like Will Ferrell's Elf cups. And, oh, nice! And it's him looking uh, son alarmed, of a nutcracker. and it says "Son of a Nutcracker" on it, which <laughs> I do say that a lot. Uh, I mean, I I just, love you know, these, Christy. Yeah. You
1: and Sharon can just put your eggnog in there. I don't know.
2: This is great. It's it's called a party cup. And you know I'm going to party. <laughs> can I share Can I share a, a little anecdote? Cup. I was in eighth grade. And I, I was walking up the aisle to turn in a test. And I stubbed my toe like oh. really hard on a chair. And I mm. doubled over on the floor. I've always been a little dramatic. I doubled over <laughs> on the floor. And and everyone was quiet. And I went, son of a bitch. You thought I was going to say it, didn't you? Like that. No. Um, and it got a great laugh. Everybody loved that joke. Even the teacher. She thought it was really funny, too. Well, uh, but now I don't do that anymore. Could, could uh, <laughs> I do Son of a nutcracker. Yeah. You don't do it yeah. on podcasts or anything. No. No I, no. I think about it, but then I don't do it. Uh, and then I, Christy, yeah. thank you for these okay. party cups. These are yes. wonderful. Party cups. Merry Christmas.
1: Okay. I am going to open up one. Are you ready?
2: Mm-hmm. I am.
1: Oh, boy. It's a box, and it says... Disney on it. It does say Disney oh, on it. Which I'm exciting. going to Disney. Oh, you guys. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bead bracelet. Hot pink. Like that matched my headphones. Mm-hmm. And it says, Christy. Yep. Did you make this?
2: My did daughter, Cece make it? My daughter CC made it for you. Look at uh, that. I'm wearing it.
1: I'm putting it on I'm right, right on. now.
2: It's really it matches. sweet. It looks very it's good. It's got little hearts on it. That's wonderful. All right. Number two. I'll let Chris, I'll let uh, Cece know you liked it. Ooh, I got a little box of the bow on it. Yes, you look, did. Look at that. And inside there is... I don't know if you'll know what it is. A plastic bag. I'm opening the plastic bag. And inside mm-hmm. the plastic bag, there is... Uh, oh, uh, a pop socket? Nope. There is a... We wish you a Merry Christmas, the Tebbies. It's a little plastic see-through thing with a knob on it. Christy, um... Let me is, help you out. Is it a... It's a cookie stamp. <gasps>
1: You like put a cookie oh. dough underneath it, and you stamp it, Doink. and then it says "Merry Christmas" from the Tebbies. Oh, it's
0: like a Christmas—it's like a Tebbie Christmas seal. That
1: yep. is
2: amazing.
1: Or Sternkey. Either way, or key.
2: Yeah. You know? Oh, that's amazing. So a you Christmas can give Christmas cookie cookies stamp.
1: Yeah, to your to your neighbors, and they'll know who they're from.
2: Wonderful. Thank so, you, Christy Finley. That's
1: you are welcome. Okay, you guys. Oh my goodness. You guys, I got new headphones.
2: <laughs> oh
0: yeah! Wait a minute. What
1: what color do you think well, they are? You should open them up. We're and gonna see have what to open it are. up. Yeah. Okay. Dull gray. Opening up the box. <gasps> you guys. Okay, listen, I listener, I have bright pink headphones. Uh-huh. This, however, is like pink mauve. Yeah. It's like farmhouse
2: oh, pink. Yeah, Which, you know, I'm a big very farmhouse trendy girl. trendy color right
1: now. Oh, you guys, this and is those, so good.
2: Well, you've been using your daughter's headphones. I have been. Uh, for years. For years. And those are, <laughs> uh, they make use of a technology called Bluetooth. I can walk you through it. I don't and have to have a cord? No cords. Wow. And they also, yeah, they're, they're, they come with a microphone too, Christy, so we'll maybe have to uh, make sure that that doesn't interfere with the mic you got plugged in. But anyway, yeah. I thought, it's time That's for an, awesome. time for an upgrade, and Brie can have her headphones back.
1: I love it, and they're berry, so they're so pretty. The Thank you.
2: Yep, berry.
1: Berry. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, yeah, they're they're very good looking. All right, uh, gift number three. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Christie got me Michigan football <laughs> drink coasters. Oh wow, that is this <laughs> top is top <a, laughs> level trolling. A troll gift. <laughs> Uh, with the
0: big house Listen, on them?
1: They're number one right now. Come on. Okay, Christy. Hail to the Victor's Belgian. <laughs> <Vulcan. laughs> you just need to think
2: of wow. me every time. Oh, you just wait. Wow. You just wait. Uh, you just wait. Uh, ben,
1: will- since mm-hmm. you're not opening up yours, you don't have coasters. You have another Michigan thing. Oh, another, Can
2: another Michigan Can you tell you what thing. it is? Sure. Yes. What is it?
1: Because, cause, like, Matt sits around and watches football. I wasn't sure right. that you did that.
2: I don't. Um, so, I only you, watch you know, soccer. your
1: drink didn't need to go on a coaster. But you do want. like to uh-huh. cook. Oh. And you cook a lot for your family, right?
0: Yeah. I'm the, I'm the head chef in this Sternke household.
1: So now you have Michigan salt and pepper shakers. <laughs> <laughs> you can think of me every time you just salt and I pepper will. your food.
0: I will, I will think of you It's not the it's not the same kind of troll As it is for Matt uh, Because no, I don't right. really follow college football no, uh, Like you no. all do no. um, But that's I do understand true. I do understand what it means And I will think of you Every time I put some salt on the food that I'm cooking So Alright,
1: yeah. okay, here we go Here's my, I'm opening up a box Oh, look it You guys gave nice gifts I feel like I gave kind of mean gifts Well, the cookie cutter, that's nice <laughs> um, it's a mug, yeah, and it it's Michigan, like the mitten, you know, with uh-huh. a little heart, and then it goes to Colorado with a little heart, like yes. both my home oh.
2: places. Oh,
0: from Michigan
2: to Colorado. Christy yes. has a little yeah. coffee station in her kitchen I with do. lots of different mugs. So I got you uh-huh. that mug to put at your coffee station. I love it. I will use it. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, we're down to oh, we got oh, a man. card here, Ben. Oh, yeah, this is a Christmas card from the Penleys. Oh my gosh, what a great picture! This is a really sweet picture. Look at that. I know.
1: All my
0: people. All All the people. people. That's so sweet, Christy. I love
2: that. And and I love on the back, you've got like little highlights from all the kids, like what they love. Yep. Right? That's fun.
1: Which was kind of a funny thing because they were.
2: Okay. Wait a second. (laughs) Story is on here. (laughs) Yes.
1: You guys know Story had like a stroke and nearly died. She stroked out. And all the
2: people on the back of the card, it's got like, you know, uh. Let's see here. It's got like Soren, who's eleventh grade, loves cross country, t- Tennessee football, right? Or you know, and then story. It doesn't even have story's <laughs> name. It just has quote. I'm still alive.
1: <laughs> We're, just We're, We're just thankful. a blessing. Just a
2: blessing. What so a blessing good. to be alive. Uh, it's so good. All right.
1: Um, okay, here's my card. My card okay. is two little snowmen, and it says Burr, mm-hmm. and then. He rubs his little hands together because they're mm-hmm. sticks, and he, they catch on fire. Oh! And then it says, "I hope you're fired up for a great Christmas." You <laughs> <laughs> somehow figured out to do a dad joke through
2: a card. Well, I did. <laughs> I did look long and hard for that. All right. Uh, the final gift here is a plastic. Is this a cookie cutter? It is. The it's cookie like cutter, you- and then I would stamp it with my cookie yes. stamp. Yes. Yep. Okay. They now go now I got to make some cookies now. Wow. Some Christmas yeah. cookies. Thank you, yes. Christy yes. Finley. Yeah. And Amazing. okay, here's Final my gift. last gift. Yep. Okay.
1: It's a it's it's in a plastic thing. Mm-hmm. Um oh boy. It's a t-shirt. And it says <laughs> uh... <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. I don't even Ben, did you even see it?
0: I didn't see this one though.
1: <laughs> okay, it's it's Coach Harbaugh. And Chris it Harbaugh. says "free."
2: <laughs> uh, anybody doesn't know the coach of the this Michigan Wolverines, thing. Jim Harbaugh, has been suspended for more games than he's coached in this year. <laughs> and it's a uh, it's a T-shirt that basically is seeking to free the prisoner.
1: Oh my goodness! Thank you. Will you wear that T-shirt? <laughs> I will wear it. I will wear <laughs> that it. That is hilarious. Listen, yeah, I don't think he's coming back. That's just my opinion, but
2: uh, wow! Well, he'll, but be, I will, he'll be there for the bowl game.
1: He will be there for the bowl game. And hopefully for the national championship, oh assuming they win the Rose Bowl. Oh
2: boy. Well So All right. Well, Merry Christmas, y'all. That's always fun. Merry Christmas, everybody. Always fun. God um, bless us. And how perfect that our gifts came to each other in boxes on Boxing Day. There you go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's thematic.
2: Uh, well, we wanna just maybe round out this episode with uh just checking in on a year. It's been twenty twenty three's been a year. Um mm-hmm. yeah. and Lots of things have happened. We already mentioned Ben Moot mm-hmm. houses this year. We mentioned Christy's dog had a stroke. Uh, bless yeah. her heart. Yeah. Uh, bless her brain, I guess you could say. Um, but I don't know. Other things going on? I think, uh, Christy, you said you had a, a few things you wanted to share. So maybe you can let you go yeah. first. Yeah.
1: Well, my personal thing um, is that, you know, I'm in my DMIN at Denver Seminary.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And for your thesis, you write you know, a dissertation basically of five chapters and chapter five just got approved. Oh, um, great! I did my whole project on nice. does growing your emotional intelligence increase your perceived intimacy with God? So if you grow in your emotional intelligence, do, do you feel closer to God? Basically? Yeah. Uh, I think it's true in human relationships, right? Like if you, uh, grow and understand emotions, I think it probably impacts your wives and your kids. Um, anyway, there's not a lot written about God. And so I did this whole project and there was a uh, spoiler alert. There was an increase. Like the people in my class, mm-hmm. uh, there was 19 people. Uh, mm-hmm. They grew by over three points of their emotional intelligence on a scale of one to 75. Uh-huh. Uh, and they grew in their perceived intimacy with God. So there was mm-hmm. a correlation, which super cool because I feel like a lot of people like are longing maybe to feel closer to God and they think it's going to come through just like intelligence or more knowledge about the Bible. And I, I disagree with that. And so here is another tool, another thing that we can practice and be a part of that impacts our relationship with God. That's really cool.
0: Yeah. That's, that's really great, Christy. I'm glad you're writing about that and doing that research. I think, um, there's like an intuitive connection there, for, you know, for many of us. But it's interesting yeah. to sort of see that okay, there's some research that bear this bears this out.
1: Right. That really right.
0: cannot. It's difficult to uh, feel close to God, to know God, unless you know yourself, because that's right. That's kind of what God has access to, right? right our thoughts, yeah. our emotions, our bodies. Like that's <laughs> where else would we encounter God? But right.
2: Yeah, I, like, I
1: don't know who said it. Tozer maybe like God awareness starts with self awareness or something like that. Yeah.
2: Um, well, yeah, John Calvin says that, but he's he's mostly referring when he says self awareness, he's mostly referring to how sinful we are. But right. but still, we can rip that quote out of context and use it to support your thesis. Also, uh, <laughs> Tre- <laughs> Teresa Avia said that as well, who uh, meant something different than John right. Calvin, and then Augustine said something very similar to that too. This is a fairly well-established axiom in Christian Mm -hmm. tradition.
1: That's right. Yeah. So that's my personal update of big 2023. And then I was just thinking like what scripture has marked this year for me? Um, And it comes from Luke 15, the story, the prodigal son you know how sometimes there's just a season where maybe you study something and it kind of just gets in your bones in a way that it wasn't there before. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people know the story of the prodigal son, but kid, you know, asks his dad for money and his inheritance. He gets it. He goes away. He goes to Vegas, <laughs> spends it all. Um <laughs> And eventually gets to the place where he's like, I want to go back. Like, I'm not even eating. I'm hungry. I don't, you know. And so he comes up with this whole uh, speech that he wants to give his dad of like, I'm not worthy to be your son. And can I just be your servant and your slave and I'll work? And uh, he walks home and there was a custom during the time of Jesus that I learned this year that if a child disgraced their parents – It was the job of the elders of the city, the men of the city, to kind of stand guard and make sure that that kid was never welcomed back Mm. in the city or the home of that parent. And so if they heard that a kid was coming back or a relative was coming back that had done that, they would stand at the gate and they would have a big pot and they would throw the pot at the kid's feet and it would smash into a, a million pieces and they would say, this is what you did to your family. You are no longer welcome here. And I learned that, and you know, it says in Scripture that the Father saw the Son from a far way off, and it's a parable. Jesus, you know, it's an earthly story, but not uh, actual events. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if Jesus put that in there because I always interpreted him seeing his Son from a far away off as he loved his kid and was longing for his kid to come home. And and I, I think that that's true. I think it's it's depicting love and the Father's love. But there's also this thought of maybe he saw him from a far way off because he was looking so that he could outrun the elders of the city. So before the elders could put shame on that kid, the dad is outrunning the shame, outrunning the elders, which Mm. just deepens the father's love for the kid and Mm. really marked me this year. It is Mm. one of those lessons that uh, has shifted the way I view God Um, Mm. my practice of even confession because shame is no longer dripping off (laughs) um, confession because there's an understanding a depth of his love for me so Mm. anyway that is probably my my big heart transformation Mm. story uh Mm. from 2023 that I'm really grateful for wow
0: Mm. thanks for sharing that Christy
1: yeah what about you really,
2: guys?
0: Really beautiful.
1: Personal update, mm. thinking update. Yeah.
2: I don't know. So, can I, can I, wait, Christy, can I share something here? Yeah. So, I've been fascinated by the way that shame functions in the gospels. Mm. And I think that with, through the work of Brene Brown and others, like the conversation about shame has become popularized, right? Yeah. In our yep. pop culture and the nomenclature, like we're able to converse more. Uh, Thoughtfully and accurately about shame and the work it does, and especially the phenomenon of internalized shame. Yeah. I think, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So, as I think about that story, I think about how the father runs to the younger son, and your observation then helps us understand why the long way off comment is important, Mm -hmm. not just from the standpoint of the father, you know, watching for the son, but the father getting to the son before the shame of the community gets to the son. Yes. Which would then be why the robe and the ring and the shoes are important. Right. Right? Because if the son reenters the city with all these markers of being a son, then the father has covered the shame. That's right. But, or and. So it's not a but, because I I feel like the fullness of that needs to stand. And the story, the story itself is told— Luke tells us, because religious leaders and Pharisees were grumbling that Jesus ate and drank with sinners. Mm-hmm. And the story ends with the older brother upset that he'd never had a party and the father going out to the older brother and saying, you can get glad in the same pants you got mad in, or toga, <laughs> right? Like you, you don't have to stand out here and grumble. So the story was told to help the people angry at Jesus understand they didn't have to be angry and they were invited to the party too. Mm-hmm. And in other words, it was told to shame them. So I am fascinated right now with how shame works in the scriptures. Yeah, Who gets... Protected and shielded from shame, mm-hmm. and who, because it's not good for them, and who is shameless that need to feel shame because it's the first step towards repentance. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, even that, using that word shameless, like is an interesting, it's an interesting illumination of that whole premise, right? That like, we do say that certain people are shameless and it's not a good thing to be shameless, even though we also say that shame is not a good thing. So it's like, okay, well, there's some form of this that we realize if you don't have it, you tend to miss, you know, you tend to misbehave. You tend to abuse people. You tend to misuse people, um, if you're shameless. Mm -hmm. And so there's some form of shame, I think, even in our nomenclature, there's some form of it that we recognize is is a helpful thing that says like oh i i don't want to lose my standing with these people by behaving in a shameless way by behaving yes. in a way that that sort of brings yeah brings shame upon me so
1: i would push back probably cuz all the work i've done even in emotions of just you know the difference between guilt and shame guilt is like i did something wrong shame is that you know guilt is like i did I did a bad thing. Shame is I am a bad person. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. Um, And I, I think maybe, and I could be wrong in this, but I think maybe Jesus in this story is trying to point out the bad thing that the Pharisees are doing. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I would, if I would say that he's trying to shame them. I think I would say he's trying to point out their guilt that they have done something wrong And that they need to repent of that. I'm not sure that shame in and of itself does good. Hmm. I think guilt does good.
2: You're not alone in that, Christy. A A lot of people, I think, are with you on that. And the reason why I'm not fully on board with that is because I think we're dealing with an issue of translation here. Mm. Um, The the, the definition you gave of guilt and shame, I think Brene Brown talks about that. In the Christian world, Tim Keller talks about that. Yeah. So it's well established, and I think there's a a fair amount of agreement around it. The issue is, I think that shame works differently and is experienced differently in an honor shame culture. That's right. That's right. And so the shame, so it's not as so. A lot of people have written about how Paul and doesn't have the same psychological experiences internally that modern wealthy educated, industrial, democratic people do. Like, we right. constitute identity differently. We experience shame differently. Yeah. And so I want to hold space for two things to be true. The internalized toxic shame you're talking about, I don't think does good work for people long-term. Like, it's, it's an awful way to live, and I'm not affirming right. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and And there is some kind of honor-shame still happening in our world today, where shame keeps us from wrong. Yeah. Or communal shame helps us understand wrong or see wrong we couldn't perceive otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so for instance, last night I went to a cigar bar to hang out with people from our church. Yes, priests were hanging out with their congregants at a cigar bar. We were talking <laughs> and having a cigar. And uh, it was fun. It was a great time. And there were a couple times... When I had a joke come to mind, listener, go with me. I know this is hard to imagine. I had a joke come to mind, and I knew if I said it, it would be borderline appropriate. Another way to say that it is, it would be borderline inappropriate. Right. Right on the border of appropriate
0: and inappropriate.
2: Yeah. And it was not like, if I do this, I, it'll be wrong. That kept me from saying the joke. It was more, if I do this, I will um, incur uh, the—I will harm the community and incur incur sort of their opposition to me, which is a different force acting upon me. Now, I would maybe tell that joke to Ben and privacy, right, that I wouldn't—and I will later, Ben, don't you— don't worry, uh, that, but but I wouldn't do it in that setting because of the amount of people there, because of the power that I have as a pastor, because yeah. I can't. There, there, there's a lot of ways to misunderstand that. Yeah. Now, I think, I think there's some aspect of me not wanting a to hurt people, but b incur social shame. Yeah. That kept me mm-hmm. from telling that joke. Yeah. And ultimately those work in that setting unto caring for the community. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. And it's a different force. It is a, and it's a different, um, I don't know if you call it a feeling, but it's a different um, impulse than the impulse that might spring up. Like if you had like the, t- the toxic shame that we talked about before, maybe in addition to refraining from telling the joke, you also heap condemnation on yourself internally. Right. And it's like, why do I keep coming up with these terrible jokes? What kind of a person am I? That would be the toxic shame that I think all of us are saying. That's no, that's no way to live. Um, but I think that's different than the kind of thing that you're talking about, Matt, where it's like, there's also a shame that's like, oh, for me to say that. Yeah, I would, I would, I would not be helped. That would not be helpful for these people, even though it might not necessarily be wrong for me to say this in every context. Like but this context shame. makes it wrong. Yeah, like a social shame that may, you know, perhaps acts helps us to, you know, to helps us to love one another.
2: <laughs> Actually, right?
0: Right. You know, that's a fascinating. That's anyway, a maybe, we should,
2: maybe we
1: should maybe we should talk about. more about that in the new year. I know, seriously.
2: Yeah. yeah. Let us know, listener, if that was uh, if that provokes chirosis for you, or if you want to hear more about that because I'm yeah. fascinated by. I'll just say this: I think. I think, uh, you know, one of our axioms is God's love always reckons with power. And what I see happening is Jesus shielding shame heaped on the powerless Mm -hmm. and allowing shame to be experienced by the powerful. Yes. Another way to say this is usually in the Gospels, the wrongdoer is the person who has more status, power, and honor. Mm -hmm. And the wronged is the person with less status, power, and honor. Mm-hmm. And Jesus works overtime to shield the the one being wronged from their shame and and works overtime to expose, reveal and let the person doing something shameful experience that that's a shameful act you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're harming the community, you're harming somebody. You know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um which is different than what Brené Brown is talking about. Right, for sure. Which is hard to keep in mind. Um, Thank you for sharing that, Christy. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Ben, do you want to, I mean, Ben's moved houses, we already mentioned that. Um, You want to share more, Ben, personally? Yeah, I mean,
0: and this relates to also, it feels like there's a tectonic shift perhaps happening Um, in a lot of areas of my life and that, that I share a lot of those shifts with you, Matt, not, not the house move. Um, we moved, I mean, uh, if your listeners aren't aware, just moved about 12 miles, 12 miles South of where I used to live. Um, used to live, um, pretty close to Matt in the suburbs of Indianapolis, but now I live in closer to the heart of the city of Indianapolis and yeah, it's a different life down here and we're really loving it. Moved into a 111 year old house. And uh, creaky floorboards, can't <laughs> sneak around anymore. So um, <laughs> anyway, we're, uh, we're really loving the house, um, quirks and all. Um, but also, um, yeah. we as we're, as we're recording this, uh, we're like just out of the weekend of being received into the Episcopal Church, um, which has been the culmination of a really long journey. Uh, yeah. of discernment for our church and for just our, ourselves personally. And so our, you know, our ordinations were received. And so that was kind of a personal journey of discernment. Um, but then our church, uh, became an Episcopal church, uh, yesterday as we're recording this.
2: Yay.
0: And that was the, yeah, it, it was the culmination of a very long journey, the beginning of another one, um, that we're really excited about. Um, and it made a lot of sense, uh, for us. And maybe we can, you know, chat about that, um, about why it made sense for our church and for us. Um, but its I, I think it's part of a, a larger shift uh, for me, just in terms of, um, I mean, I i have been, I think, fascinated with, enchanted by the Book of Common Prayer for over 20 years. Mm. Um, I, back when I was like a worship pastor at a charismatic church, I... I <laughs> somehow got a hold of the book of common prayer, <laughs> which is the, you know, the Episcopal uh, if prayer If you're book, missing
2: ABCP, um, uh, I may have found the culprit. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. you said you got your hands on it, but you didn't say how.
0: Oh, I got my hands. Yeah. Yeah. If you're missing it, if you're missing your book of common <laughs> prayer, I may, I may have uh, <laughs> taken it. Yeah. I may have <laughs> stolen it. I'm sorry. Dad joke in the middle. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You, you never know. You never know when they're going to happen. Um, but yeah, I got somehow, um, I got, I got my hands on it and, uh, and yeah, I just felt immediately enchanted by it. And so in a lot of ways, I think I have been attracted to and um, Anglican theology, spirituality for a long time, which um, by which I mean, you know, as embodied in the Episcopal Church. The Episcopal Church is part of the Anglican communion. And it's, a, it's an Anglican church in the sense that it uh, has its... Um, it, it uh, traces its ancestry back to the Church of England and Christianity on the British Isles in general. But anyway, um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, it, it feels like, the, for me personally, it feels like the culmination of a really long journey where it's like, yeah. oh, this is this has felt like home for a really yeah. long time in terms of just how I think about my faith, how I experience my faith, how I read the Bible. Um, and it, it's been... Yeah, it feels it feels good to sort of be like my ordination is here, um, my church is here. You know, I'm I'm pastoring a church that's part of this group of churches that really I think embody how I live out my faith mm-hmm. um, in a in a in a more I don't know. It just feels fitting to me. Um, there's a lot that I appreciate about how the Episcopal Church embodies uh, the the you know the historic Christian faith that um, makes a lot of sense for me. So
2: Yeah. And just, Mm. just my gloss on that is I affirm everything Ben said, except I did not steal a BCP, but I (laughs) do feel like, you know, we've talked a lot on this podcast. I think this podcast has more often than not been our public conversation, working out what to make of all of the earthquakes and eruptions that we've experienced in the Christian community in the last eight years. You know, I think we talked about it a lot, sort of the uh, Black Lives Matter, Me Too, Church Two, election of Donald Trump, um, the pandemic, uh, the summer of 2020, which was, uh, you know, sort of a concentration of all the Black Lives Matter stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the rise of Christian nationalism. Like all these things have, I think, impacted all of us. Mm -hmm. But one of the ways it's impacted me... Is that it was one of the primary sort of catalysts for the move into the Episcopal Church for me. Um, And so Mm. I think I experienced this maybe in a way Ben didn't, but Ben, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I felt increasingly unwelcomed in our previous uh, association and it just wasn't a good fit anymore. Um, You know, um, Mm -hmm. talking about things like church abuse and white supremacy and misogyny, like it was grinding against the gears of the institutional apparatus and wasn't appreciated and in some ways seen as um, uh, transgression or violation of unstated unspoken norms. Um, so all that to say the move into the Episcopal church for me has mm. been like, they actually want me there, <laughs> mm. which is really nice because it's felt like mm. a long time that I've just been kicking against the goads. You know, I've been in places that feel like I'm pushing a rock up a hill, or I'm sort of an outlier here, and um, I'm not—I'm not necessarily um, not an outlier in some ways, but embraced rather than um, pushed away or ostracized. Which mm-hmm. is just incredible. It's great—it's great to feel like that. Um, uh, yeah. We all want to be loved, you know. <laughs> it's It's We all, it's a real we all basic want to be loved need. and yeah. wanted. Like we, we want to be wanted. Yeah. And I think um, mm. I'm in a place now where I really believe I'm wanted. Yeah. Um, and we had our bishop come and receive our church uh, yesterday, sort of officially and do confirmations and receptions at our church. And uh, everybody was just so glad. Yeah. And was blessed by her presence, and she carries herself with mm-hmm. a gentle authority and a kind strength that um, yeah. it's just so beautiful, so so much like Jesus, I think. And yeah. so, I think yeah. uh, relieved. Uh, there's like an exhale, like an existential exhale, yeah. kind of for me, mm-hmm. and grateful. Like I'm gr- really yeah. grateful that we've landed here. Um, at the same time. I'm really aware, uh, not only in our Gravity Commons community, just we were chatting about this last week uh, where people are with churches and I know a number of listeners mm-hmm. and um, that I know that your relationship with your local church or the denomination you grew up in is complicated, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I just want to say that I feel that. And so, um, hear me yeah. uh, just about my story not as a thumb against my nose wiggling my fingers but more as like a uh it is cathartic and it's cathartic because yeah. of how you know unfinished and painful it was before that
0: yeah 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 and it's also you know it's maybe worth saying that you know it's n- it's not like uh hey we finally found you know the perfect hmm. church the perfect denomination i mean there's there's plenty of uh you know, there's plenty of trouble to go around uh, everywhere you go. So it's not that either. Um, it just, it just feels like a, it just feels like a good fit for us and for our church. And there's a lot of factors that went into that, um, that, you know, the, the local diocese, there's a huge variety, you know, in the Episcopal church of kind of ways of thinking about faith. And um, that's one of the things I actually appreciate uh, about it is just that there's a uh, by and large tolerance um, for you know a variety of ways of thinking about these things um but yeah there was just a a real we, we were fortunate in one sense because the values of our local church were mm-hmm. really well aligned with the values of this particular episcopal yeah. diocese um and that's you know it's not the same everywhere and so um we you know just it, this for us it felt like yeah. the right move and um it has continued uh, to feel like that so anyway even though, I mean, I will say too, it had, has been, um, initially it felt a little disorienting to me because I, I grew up in the kind of the charismatic church, the evangelical church. It was a big part of my identity. And, you know, we thought certain things about mainline <laughs> denominations, right? They're, that they yeah, were, <laughs> you know, apostate, they really didn't believe in Jesus. They really didn't uh, believe in the Bible. Like all, the, all these things that you just sort of took for granted growing up. And it's like, oh, I'm actually joining... <laughs> Officially, like I'm making vows, like especially as a Mm -hmm. clergy person, like it's actually quite serious the vows you take, (laughs) um, to you know, like in into the Episcopal Church. And so, um, so it was disorienting for me from an identity standpoint. Um, you know, I had a lot of those uh misunderstandings corrected, you know, like that. There's I've seen people just with and they've got they love Jesus here, they they have a warm faith, they you know, take the Bible very Mm -hmm. seriously, Orthodox. Christian belief very seriously. So I was um, pleased to see all of that, but it still felt increasingly less, but initially it felt quite disorienting to be like, oh, I'm like, I'm an Episcopal priest. Like I've, I I am just in a mainline denomination. And that, it just felt a little weird to me. So for a little while. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But it's, it's good. It feels like there's a reprieve to the tumult
0: yeah, if it, yeah, that's I think that's right. If there there's just like this I feel like there's this wide open field now to be like, okay, live out your faith, lead your church, let's see what God's doing. You know? Mm-hmm. That's what it feels like to me. This coming here, I'm excited about it. So
1: I'm really thankful. I mean, obviously I've watched and been with you guys as you've journeyed through this whole process mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and just as a friend, there's something so delightful mm. to kind of see you know, the, what was happening internally for you then Mm. to be able to kind of be expressed externally in a setting that is more, uh, that is a good fit for you. And that's what, that's what I want for people that I love. Right. (laughs) Um, it's almost like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And I'm just thankful that that's where you are.
0: Yeah. Thanks Christy. Well, thanks Christy. Yeah. Receive that (sighs) as love from you.
1: Yeah. Mm. So good. It's been a big so year.
0: Yeah, it has been. It has been a big year. Feels like a turning of a new page or new chapter, maybe a new volume, I don't know. Well. We'll see where it all yeah, goes, hey?
2: Maybe I can uh I feel uh we should we should end the podcast here. Maybe I can instead of a dad joke uh maybe I can just give a benediction.
1: Well, before you do that, um I did read just oh. an article about how much Santa paid for his yeah. sleigh.
2: <laughs> how much did he? How much did he pay? Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize nothing. It to. was on the house. <laughs> there it is.
1: Ba-dump.
0: Before <laughs> you do that, that's great.
1: Before you do that's that, great. serious oh, benediction. <laughs>
0: yeah. I love that. That's great. Way to way yes. to juke. Way to juke Matt Matt's attempt to sort of. Like dial back the the silliness, I know, and like I know. and then do a benediction. Mm. You're just like I nope, just go full silliness inserted.
1: Okay, but my hands now mm. are open, palms up. I want to receive the benediction. Yeah, let's receive whatever. the benediction.
2: <sighs> yes, right, please. Well, yes, it's taking every ounce of sanctification in me, not to uh, do a troll benediction with a dad joke. I just want you to know, everybody. <laughs> Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. How holy holy this really is.
0: But you did did want to know that that was what you wanted to (laughs) do, though. So, that's kind of half telling Uh, the joke. No, you don't know the joke. All right, let's...
2: Uh, It's half telling (laughs) the joke, but it's fully declaring your righteousness Mm -hmm. before men. Receive the benediction. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Hands up. Uh, um, Christy and Ben, listener, may we uh, revel and delight in the hope of Christmas, the incarnation, may it change the way we see, may it infiltrate our bodies, ourselves, our minds, so that the hope of the world, the light of light, Jesus Christ becomes not only the savior of the world, but the very ground of your being this Christmas. May his light shine from within you. May the light coming From your eyes, be good so that you can see new creation, even in the midst of impenetrable darkness, darkness that seems like it will never get better. Wherever you need hope, may you have hope. Wherever you need faith, may you have faith. And wherever you want love, may you, even now, be held firmly. May love be the ballast that holds your life together. May you go from this podcast full of faith, hope, and love. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you're finding it helpful or enjoyable, we'd love it if you'd tell your friends about it.
0: Ratings and reviews online also help others find the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And you can join our Gravity community online for free at gravityleadership.com.
1: You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as our email most Fridays with curated links to articles we find interesting and helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com
2: podcast is produced by ben Sternkey and matt tebbe aaron sternke edits and mixes the show you can check out his work at aaron Sternke.com.
0: we'd love to hear from you to record a question or comment for us go to gravityleadership.com slash message and click the start recording button
1: you can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com catch you next time